0: Yes. Well, I, I see it happening as well. Um, so you're, and thanks for mentioning that, you're working on the power launch stuff that we've opened I, up to the world. Uh, what surprised you about it? What have you liked so far? You're already 8% into it.
1: You know, it's, um, a, it's such a robust, deep dive into the business. I've thought about it in ways that I hadn't, even in this you know initial time that I've spent on it. I've realized what I don't know. And what I need to know in a way that I hadn't realized that before. So it, it's yeah. helpful already
0: you've already passed the two absolute hardest assignments. Um, you've already passed by those and that's that preliminary business evaluation and the revenue growth workbook. We'll revisit that a lot, of mm-hmm. course, but those two things are the absolute hardest and beyond that, the rest um, starts to really fall into place much, much easier. So I'm excited for you. The revenue um,
1: growth is <laughs> sort of disappointing. What was that? Well, I mean, the revenues, the current state, I was like, oh. <laughs> well,
0: you're, you're on your way. It'll be it'll be right. pretty amazing to see what happens over the coming weeks um, right. for that. So um, with three resources, uh, if, if what are three books or resources you recommend for other visionaries out there?
1: You know, um I am a huge proponent of professional mastermind groups, and I'm a member of several. So I would highly recommend a uh, professional level mastermind group where you pick you, you make sure that you pick the right people and they will inspire you and expand your thinking and give you resources that are just invaluable. Uh, as far as books go,
0: I love you Here
1: on my desk. I have uh, I'll give you four. One of them is Mindset by Carol Dweck. One of them is called The Mom Test, How to Talk to Customers. I'd never heard of that one before. And somebody in my mastermind group recommended that. Daniel Pink, To Sell is Human. It's been around for a while. Uh, And then Jim Quick has a book called Limitless. So those are four.
0: Those are, good. those are awesome. Those are all books that I don't think, I don't think any of those books have ever made the show before. So visionaries, you are super in for a treat today and uh, right after the intro, we'll bring Lauren back on. We'll talk about her intro professionally and then we'll go from there. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I'm excited to have Lauren Fisher join us today. We've been building a friendship and professional relationship now for about three months. Um, I met her as a referral. She'll have to remind me, I think it was from Carissa Quade. Is that correct? Carissa's amazing. She's, sending, she's sent so many great people through Um, our pipeline now of of excellent visionaries to come and share what they're up to in the world and Lauren is certainly not going to disappoint we're going to be talking about inspiring sales teams to embrace challenges and triumph um, with her experience as both a sales trainer sales manager and a ski expert Um, so we talk about that a little bit too um, as well before we dive into our discussion with Lauren, I also want to make sure to highlight some of the sponsors, um, people that we work with, people that we've come to love and appreciate, one of which is Sean Lechuga of the Wellness Shop 365. Uh, Sean and his wife, Julianne, are really big believers in integrative nutrition, health and wellness, um, and, and they're coaches and consultants in relation to helping you achieve your best life. Now, what really struck me about them and their vision was this 365 Harmony of Life Wheel Assessment. I was like, man, I've never seen Not a doctor, not a naturopath, um, a personal trainer, anybody asking about my joy, my spirituality, my creativity, my relationships, my social life, my career, education, etc. Like this caught my eye. I was like, wow, these these people really care about those that they serve on a new level that I hadn't seen before. I'm excited to see what they end up um, doing with the brand as they continue to grow. And I've been super happy to get to know them and their family over the last six months. Um, Seeing Sean take care of his kids sometimes while we're on the Zoom calls, uh, seeing the way him and Julianne support each other. It just says a lot about what they're able to bring to the table because they're living proof, in my opinion, of what a healthy life actually looks like. Then there's Melissa Gray with the law spot. Melissa Gray, um, being an attorney, I was like, I, mean, I don't know if I want to have an attorney on this show. I mean, they can be kind of ruthless and, uh, in your face about things. And I couldn't, she couldn't, I couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, she knows that law doesn't have to be complicated and she exudes that in the way that she talks to you. It was really refreshing to find somebody who doesn't want to just go with the status quo of having these absurd retainers, um, you know, and, and, you know, these abrasive manipulation tactics almost that maybe that's not fair. I think a lot of attorneys, one of their challenges they are in big cities or at least I live in a big city and customers are a dime a dozen. So supply and demand's in their favor and they don't really need to spend any time on you because I've got so many opportunities at hand. On the flip side, those of us who are entrepreneurs, and when I was in that entrepreneur stage, the only thing I really wanted was LegalZoom and Crocodoc, and then eventually something like LegalShield to protect me, but those systems, again, they're a bit too whimsical. They don't provide the same type of protection. In fact, uh, not a knock on LegalShield, but when I was utilizing that program, I had an international battle on my hands, and they couldn't help me with the international case um and that was a challenge so then i found myself calling other attorneys and it was you know i was in this position where i did not have legal counsel at hand and it actually it just made me abandon the situation altogether. i never did close the gap on that opportunity and who knows did i lose millions um you know that i lose hundreds i don't know um i, I never got the counsel for it so Melissa Gray, go listen to that episode. If you're in a position where you do not have legal counsel, then I'd highly recommend checking that out and getting your bearings, getting your ground underneath yourself because as wise stewards of our visions of what it is that we want to accomplish, it's very important that we assess who can help us build these visions to fruition. Then there's the water project. Um, And I won't let an episode go by without talking about this particular project because I never want to take for granted this bottle of water that I have right here in my hand. I think most of us listening in can get water within 10 to 15 feet and it's filtered. It's wonderful. And there's millions of people in this world who do not even have access to that, let alone all the other amazing equipment and opportunities that we have. So um, one of the things I love about the water project is that they show you the community outcome of your contribution and much like a crowdfunding you get to see that it does come to fruition. You get to receive something. In this case, you get to see whether they're building a borehole well or a sand dam or something else entirely. You get to see how many community members are impacted by it. And just know that the, when you bring water and a system for water to a location like this, you are making a generational impact that's going to last for decades. And that's that's just cool. If you can do that for $1 to $5 or 50000 or $50 million, um, I'll be excited that we happen to talk about it today. If you can't financially give to this, you've got too many other pressures going on in life and COVID economics has hurt. Um, then just share it. That's what I would, that's what I would request is share this. And if you have another cause that you would like our attention on then drop the cause in the comments, it's not a competition. There's 8 billion people in this world to help. And if we can do more to facilitate goodwill and help individuals, then. I would love to so before we bring lauren on i actually want to dive into her personal story a little bit and she calls she's called the sales alchemist and she's been mastering the sales mindset that turns opportunities into business she's personally generated over 100 million dollars in sales in her career she's a superstar with 30 years in the medical device industry earning over 20 awards for sales excellence and It's all about discovering the subtle but powerful mindset secrets. So Lauren teaches these secrets of highly successful salespeople resulting in extraordinary success. She's led and coached her team from zero to hero, many that also became record-setting sales professionals themselves. And we're going to dive in further with her about what this path looks like. I'm going to challenge her a little bit from my own self's background and perspectives as well. Uh, we absolutely want this to be authentic. And we've got so much opportunity to learn from each other, different perspectives and paradigms. And at the end of the day, entrepreneurs and visionaries, what we want for you is we want you to be that much better at delegating. We want you to be that much better at representing yourselves and that much better at sharing your vision. So, Lauren Fisher, it's an honor to have you here today. Welcome to Vision Pros Live.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So let's dive right into the first question, which is uh, from your own words, what is your vision for those that you serve?
1: Um, well, my vision for those that I serve is that they they find a product, first of all, a, a product and a company that they're truly aligned with. Um, so that they when they are selling, they believe in their product and they believe they can add value to their customers. Um, And also through sales, that they have a career that offers them flexibility, an income that is reflective of their efforts and supports their personal and professional dreams. Um, And I'd love to see people decide at the very beginning of their career that they're going to commit and study to become part of the top 10% of their sales rankings.
0: I love that vision. Uh, and and how much can be done to help salespeople find that true alignment. Um, it's, you know, if you're, if you really like sales, which I know there's a rare breed of people who do, um, then it can be pretty easy to give people the benefit of the doubt and represent something only to find out later. It's like, Oh man, this really isn't that great of an environment or an experience for me. Um, so the fact that you start there on helping people realize, you know, what red flags to look for, um, what, what, Great signs to look for as well. That's that's super empowering. Um, I'm going to skip that for now. We'll come back to it if we have time. What's your vision for you? What do you see for yourself on the horizon?
1: Well, my, my desire is to impact at least 100 companies and their sales teams. Um, and by impacting them, that to guide them to have the clarity, the mindset, and the strategy that they really... E- exceed, you know, meet or exceed their potential. Um, yeah, you know, sales is, I believe, is a backbone of business success. It drives growth, it drives innovation. Um, it's also extremely important to me, because not all sales has high integrity, is to have high integrity and professionalism as the cornerstones of the interactions with the customers so that my company and my Clients represent high standards of excellence.
0: Absolutely, I I also love that earlier you talked about flexibility as mm-hmm. as part of that opportunity for sales. A lot of a lot of salespeople are in very doggy dog world, um, you know, eighty hour plus work weeks that aren't necessarily conducive to freedom of choice. Um, the these hundred companies you talked about though, I would invite you to start elevating the amount of companies that you're going to impact because my goal is for you've already made an impact on us um and as you keep doing that and we keep impacting companies we're probably going to impact 100 companies within a quarter um and that will be a ripple effect as a byproduct of having talked to you today too so you know jackson i knew you were
1: going to say that
0: (laughs) So we'll, we'll let you come back to that that uh, we'll later. hundred
1: but... plus companies.
0: <laughs> yeah, and well, these these hundred. Let's say um, let's take it to that next level of impact too, though, right? So you can impact somebody by them, you know, just hearing your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we were to take that to a, I guess, a further, more pre-qualified level of impact, what types of impacts um, are you looking to make? Um. To the company, you said to the person. The company, yeah, so yes. to the
1: company, you know that the, they have, a, gosh, a culture that people want to come to work for them. Um, that they have a product that's impactful, and that the, so they're able to choose salespeople that are going to honor the company and really create an impression, you know, an impact in the in the industry. Um, Good.
0: yeah I think that says a lot but it does uh it's absolutely important um there's not a lot of companies where people enjoy going to work um Mm -hmm. if you happen to be one of those or you happen to be in one of those congratulations the grass isn't greener elsewhere um you know that's that's what most people are still really striving to look for so one of the reasons why people are striving to look for that is because of their negative leadership experiences uh, Mm -hmm. that they they come across so what is your worst leadership experience ever.
1: Um, when I thought about that, I, I remembered a time where we were in a big hiring. Um, we're hiring a lot of people and I hired some people a little bit too quickly. Uh, one of the people that I hired, it, it sort of became a joke later on where it said, I hired this woman and her evil twin sister showed up for work. <laughs> Um, I had to place her on a PIP, right, or a performance plan. And ultimately, I had to terminate her. And when I had the meeting with her to terminate her, she, like, cried, begged for her job, and um, promised with all her heart that she would, you know, improve Mm -hmm. and, and be the person I thought I hired. So being a kind person inside, I gave her another chance. And when my vice president called me and said, did you do it? I said, no. And he goes, Lauren, that's, that's jailhouse regret. Meaning that the regret that somebody shows right before they go to jail, even though they're not really sorry. So his words rang true. And within two weeks, I got a complaint, a significant complaint from our largest customer. And I validated it Mm -hmm. and I fired her. Um, But I felt awful even then watching her walk out of walk out of the office. So the lesson learned there: no. hire very slowly and very very carefully.
0: Yes, um, I I know people. I won't say any names, but I know people who've married people um, with that same exact experience. Um, so we're going to leave that right where it's at. Um, but in terms of hiring slowly. What's one tangible tip, uh, th- something that you changed in that process to, um, to better account for perhaps the fit? Because what I hear you saying is that, yes, uh, it's, it's awful to have somebody who comes in that's an awful fit. But it's also like it's gut-wrenching to know that it wasn't necessarily the person either. It could have also been the environment. And mm-hmm. it you, know, you at the end of the day feel responsible. Like you have some responsibility in that because you brought them in. Right. So what have you added to your repertoire on, on the front end?
1: Now, that's a good question. Um, I ask a lot more questions about what they've done in the past and how to describe uh, situations, So I understand their thinking process and how they an- analyze their business and how they handle problems. Um, if I can, I will try since I'm not working for that company, I can say this. I will try to find out about them through a network, um, have an unofficial conversation mm-hmm. with somebody that will give me a real insight as to their capacity. So, uh, and then I also really? will wait and see how they follow up and, and the uh, depth of their follow-up, the thought that they've given to it.
0: That's those are big, they're huge tips. Um, and, and they're tips that we, uh, I haven't done the indirect thing so much, but at the same time, we're a startup, so everything we do is kind of indirect. Um, still, we don't, we don't, we can go to the references, we can go check on other things. I'm, I'm very thorough with my research. Um, one of the things that Flow Research Collective was doing when I went through their hiring process that I now model is for sales mm-hmm. reps. They have you. Not only do you record a Loom introductory video of yourself, but in stage two or three of the interview you have to record yourself pitching their product in a role play to a prospect without a prospect present. So you have to imagine you're having the conversation and guide that prospect to the next step the next step. And I was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so awesome and going to be so easy for me. (laughs) And it was, I did really, really well with it because of my background and experience, but I can only imagine the amount of people who walked away right there and were like, I don't want to do this or i don't know how to do this um they had 600 applicants there was two of us who made it um so it's really helpful to have systems in the front end entrepreneurs visionaries when you're hiring to weed out people who aren't going to be diligent who are scared of the work um, you know or who aren't equipped with the skills to move forward um, and win so let's talk about the opposite side what is your best leadership experience look like
1: this is much more a much more pleasant memory
0: Sure.
1: (laughs) Um, I hired a team from a clinical environment. In other words, it was, they were critical care nurses at a hospital at one of our accounts and they had approached me about working in sales and I worked. And so I've never been in sales came right out of the uh, ICU. And I worked very closely with them for several years in an area that had never uh, really had much presence with our company and they, about two or three years after they started, they won um, what we call the President's Inner Circle, okay. which was the number one position in the region. And we all got to go to Tahiti. And even better than that one trip is that they continued to do really well. And I, I believe they're still in uh, successful sales roles. They've continued with their career in sales. So that was really rewarding.
0: That's amazing. Um, and we're not talking, um, I, nothing wrong with network marketing. In fact, the, the opposite on the, the opportunities to go places and all that, but you're talking about, um, medical device cells, right. are you correct? And that's, that's a whole new different game of, of things you have to learn, you're not just inviting somebody to come to a party and eat cupcakes, um, <laughs> you know, and then sign up for whatever Joe, you know, right. talks about on stage, you're you're very much integrating into the entire process. And I imagine is it, is it, I'm sure you're familiar with complex cells and enterprise cells is uh, where does medical supply cells and this experience fall on the spectrum of, um, I don't know, basic phone cells, door to door cells, enterprise cells, where Where do you think it ranks?
1: Well, um, it's it's so multifaceted because there's, there's many, many different levels of players and it's changed dramatically in the last five years. So you have to really be very strategic in, in thinking about um, who's going to actually make the decision. Right? Mm-hmm. So you have to understand the political alignment of your business. you have to understand the organizational alignment. and you have to you have to know who's making decisions behind the scenes. So your network of people that you're in contact with every day is from all the way to the CEO of the hospital, to the purchasing people that are in a corporate office in Nashville or something, down to um, literally all the way down to the central supply people or the environmental services people.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, it, it's it's complex cells. Huh? That's it's complex cells.
1: And just to. <laughs> underscore the point of why environmental services were important is that we had a product uh, that we were selling into the hospital and ultimately the people that made that decision were the environmental services people because it was wow. something that they had to clean they had to manage and it was a good thing that I had made friends with them uh, way before this even started
0: Right. Absolutely. Your, your relationships, right? People say that your network is your net worth. Um, and so your ability to build, maintain relationships is a huge part of that success. Um, for those who are in the, in the space of complex cells or new to it or getting into it. Um, if, if you're really good at applying books to your own life, like extracting, Oh, here's where I can apply this. Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard changed my life when I was representing Restaurant Connect. And we had to learn, we didn't have to learn, but we were really struggling to get the attention of these business owners, these restaurant owners. And through that book, I learned that, oh, wait a second, the decision maker is not the decision maker when it comes to the implementation of our system. And that book helped me break it down. I'm not going to go steal any more time from you, but you do look like you have another thought on that, Lauren.
1: Well,
0: I didn't know that, so I just wrote it down. Oh, cool! Oh, uh, well, there you go. It, it again. It shaped everything for me and helped me learn how to. Uh, I'd already been in complex cells, but I hadn't created a path for complex cells for a startup. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on my own um, until that point, and then, then uh, that book, man, that changed everything for us. Um, so, yeah. moving into yet another lesson, what and this would be. If this is your last chance to ever share a powerful lesson with anybody that's going on a visionary journey and they're going to be launching something awesome, what powerful <laughs> lesson can other visionaries learn from your experience?
1: Um. Well, this is so it's simple, but I think it it really says it all. Is that what I learned when I what I learned in my career in sales and in management, which was a huge learning experience, was the greatest journey in sales is the journey that is within yourself. And it's not just about closing deals. It's really about opening your full potential. And so my my suggestion is you embrace the challenges because it's part of it. You celebrate your victories. And remember the greatest sales pitch that you will ever give is one that you're gonna make to yourself every morning before you leave the house. So what I want to say is keep selling, keep growing and be unstoppable.
0: Wow. And now I wish I had somebody to write that second quote. You just gave two back to back killer quotes um, <laughs> and that I, I really like the journey, the greatest journey in sales is a journey that is within yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll, I'll double down on, especially if you're very inten- if you want to be intentional about your life you know, and the, the true wealth, um, that goes beyond the paycheck. Um, then that journey within is what will propel both victories to be able to harmonize and coexist. Uh, that's just, yeah, it's profoundly brilliant. Um, (laughs) so I appreciate that. Um, you're gonna leave me speechless. and I'm not supposed to be speechless, Lauren. Um, diving into what you do, um, with the inside job and, and your company growth, where you're headed with that, Um, I'm just going to give you some mic time. Um, You know, what, what do you want to, what do you want us to know about the inside uh, job? Who's this applicable to? And yeah, what can they anticipate on the other side of, of maybe having a private conversation with you?
1: Yeah. Um, So who should be listening to me is people that are sales professionals, sales managers, or, you know, any kind of sales leader or um, CEOs of small companies people that are afraid of sales, that have sales in their role somehow, which really is almost everybody, Um, students and educators, business owners, entrepreneurs, people that are interested in personal development. Um, And I'm also a certified coach. So I really want to encourage people that sales is fun. It can be fun. It's growth producing. And I really start out with, things that are specific to you, you know, what is your why? Why do you want to be in sales? Why do you want to represent the product that you're looking at representing? Um, What is it that sales will do that supports the life that you want, you know, and and not just financially, but other components of your life? And then how to think for success from the very first day at work, that you make a determination to, to that you're going to be the best. that You're going to do whatever it takes to be the best. Study, learn, make mistakes, and and so we we talk about that and we really create a roadmap for you. We do talk about strategy. We talk about like I was um, mentioning earlier the political map, the organizational map. You know how to manage your business, but it, I I take it much deeper than many sales trainings because we're really talking about getting to know your customers and what drives them, uh, as well as, make again, making the decision that you are going to be a knowledgeable resource to your clients. Um, how do you do that? Because now people can find out everything they need to know on the internet, and our clients are very sophisticated. So they're going to do research on the product That's and have information that in the past, the salespeople would provide for them. So you need to be a, a, a several levels higher in, in the value that you provide for them. So we talk about that and work out those kinds of strategies. Um, and then I actually, every other week, will provide personal one-on-one coaching with people so that they can share challenges and um, problems that they have that they may not want to share with the rest of their team. So I have several different courses that you can choose from from the very beginning to the more advanced courses.
0: That's amazing. And one of the things that uh, that resonates to me and that you emulate is in sales, if you're, if you're new to sales, again, you're a visionary. It's really, it's, when you're doing this correctly, it's all about helping people find what helps them best, in my opinion. Um, you know, you're trying to serve the person that's in front of you, not trying to weasel somebody into something they don't need. That's what makes sales feel slimy. And obviously because it's based on greed and selfish interest. All um, right. But on the flip side, when you you do have that servant's heart and you are building again, what I would write down is two words clarity and brevity. Lauren has managed to whip through these questions while providing a ton of value. And we are about 15 minutes ahead of schedule where <laughs> most of the visionaries that I host, because she's clear and brief. And the power of the message still resonates, if not more than uh, a lot of the individuals who are a bit more wordy with their responses. So that alone speaks highly of of the testament to what you're talking about. Now, two, you talked about this pre-sell environment that exists where prospects are educating themselves. Google coined a term based on an old school book. The old school book was called The Moments of Truth. This is this is principally driven marketing based on certain, certain realities that are going to transpire in the process of a sell, but it was pre-internet uh-huh. zero moment of truth is the reality that nowadays, and I'll, I'll pull this mod- model up so we can all see this. Um, this concept is what I've been training on for more than a decade as well. And that's previously you'd hear about something on the radio or you'd see it in an ad. And you'd go and buy something off the shelf or you'd talk to that sales rep, like Lauren was talking about. And then the second moment of truth is when you experience it. When you go home and you actually taste the cereal, for instance. The third moment of truth, which is not mentioned in this map, is was it so good that organically you decide, wow, I want to share this. I'm diving a little bit too far into the fulfillment side of things, but... I'm going to go on my soapbox a little bit. It's because so many people are trying to force the referral right now with all these promotions and just get people to sign up and we'll send you on vacation, et cetera. That's not an organic referral. That's not somebody who actually loves the product or the brand. It's a distraction from your true value and knowing your true value. But this zero moment of truth level that Lauren's talking about is one that you can ignore to your own detriment but people are looking online, they're seeing reviews, they're going on Glassdoor to see, you know, what you're, what what it's like to work at your company too. That's a great sign And, you know, if they, how are they going to have great customer support if they don't even care about their own people? Um, So, you know, I'll I'll turn the mic back over to you, Lauren, but um, let's talk about that a little bit further. These, um, what, when people say, you know, my customers don't do online research, Um, you know, even in these, these medical spaces, for instance, no, they, they don't, uh, you know, they just, they just come to us and talk to us. What insight do you have there?
1: Where people say they don't do medical or they don't do research. Uh, I was, my people
0: aren't on LinkedIn. Um, you know, my people don't, uh, you know, my, my, uh, clients, my prospects, they're not paying attention to what's going on online.
1: I think that they have a fairly naive view of, of, the sophistication of most people anymore in the market. Um, yeah. So I imagine that they're going to get a, an unpleasant surprise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So what are, what are some of the things, um, what are some of the signs that you've seen in the market that show that they are, again, they are doing their research?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, when you're calling on a customer and they refer to, uh, for example, in medical, they refer to a recent piece of clinical research, or they refer to a competitive article and, uh, or the competitive product where they've been doing their research just to see if they can manipulate you by talking about your competition. Uh, That's, you know, that's not new and uh their presence on linkedin and some of the social media you know some of their comments and the articles that they write
0: yeah that's a, that's a great idea so when you look up the company and you can see uh, more about the digital identity of the the company themselves uh, that can be a great way to know how how tech driven are these people um mm-hmm. you know that i'm that i'm working with how much are they bought into you know, they, they might have, they might have, <coughs> excuse me, an explosive amount of content on TikTok already. And they might have no Facebook presence and that, right? They might have both, um, you know, and they might have the same post going out on every single platform, which is actually more of a sign that they kind of just spray and pray and don't mess with it, um, at least from a marketing standpoint. But it, again, it doesn't negate the fact that they may be a consumer, of certain information related to what your cell is and so knowing your audience and doing that research is incredibly valuable and important
1: right
0: right. awesome so moving into uh sales teams inspiring them to embrace their challenges and triumph so i think a lot of sales teams uh got hit hard by covid um and i think that's probably my greatest understatement um in this podcast yet um how do we how do we help how do we help them embrace the challenges they face? And, uh, and then again, turn into triumph.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. COVID has, has impacted, uh, I think accessibility to customers. I think that that's changing some now, but it made it very difficult to actually get in front of your customers. Um, True. and so it changed the way that, that sales people often interact with their, their customers. Um, you know, how, how can we support people? I think it's important to have a team. Uh, I think it's important to have a coach. And keep in mind that sales is is really about you. And you know, people go, oh, good, I love stuff that's about me. But yeah. it's really about you and uh, how you show up as an individual, how you show up with your preparedness, your market knowledge, um your resources, perhaps within your company or within your community, depending on what it is that you're selling. Um, so it you have to you have to have a team that you can use to create ideas, um, market strategy, follow up and and differentiate yourself. I think it's it's almost impossible to do it by yourself.
0: Okay. So we've already got a manager, you know, why do we need a coach? Because
1: mm-hmm. your manager is trying to manage the business, but they're not trying to develop you as an individual so that you are really doing your best. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't say that about all managers, but as a manager, you've got a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of responsibility and your sandwich between cor- the corporate, structure and your salespeople. You're, you're the middle layer. And so you don't often have time to really work individually with the people to develop them like they can be developed.
0: So wait a second. Are you saying that mm-hmm. I hear you saying, putting the onus on me as an individual, like you shouldn't my corporation be the ones who buy the coach and the manager for me so that I win? Like come on, you're not telling me as an adult, I got to, I got to invest in myself.
1: Take responsibility for yourself.
0: Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> okay. no, I,
1: I would suggest that it depends on, on how deep your desire is for personal success. Are you going to wait for your company to provide you with something or are you going to be responsible for your own career trajectory trajectory?
0: I was when I was younger, I was waiting.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. I remember. I almost went to Adam at Restaurant Connect. I was very, very close um, to ask him if he, you know, I was ready to hire this guy to manage my LinkedIn profile. And it was going to cost me $3.33 an hour. And I needed him for one hour per week. Um, And I almost went and asked Adam for permission um, and to do it for me. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Learning to, now I've got a company. I've got lots of delegation going on. We have lots of team members, but... I know what it's like to be, you know, to to feel have that mentality of I'm an employee, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm I'm not I, this is not my job, this is not my responsibility. But when we make that shift to say, you know what, I I can invest three dollars in myself, you um, know, I can invest three hundred dollars in myself, I can invest three thousand, and if I look at it from the perspective, of, okay, what are my results right now monthly? What could they look like if I had the right guidance? Mm-hmm that changes everything. On the management side, you know, managers are like, "Well, they should hire their own coaches." Well, mm-hmm. wait a second, Mr. and Mrs. Manager, what if you brought the coach in for everybody? Mm-hmm. Couldn't that possibly bring everybody's life forward when you've got a mom and a dad, right? A nurturer and an accountability uh, person to to start looking at things from different angles and perspectives and helping people feel more committed to the process of growth. I'm a huge fan of of yes and Right.
1: Right. And, and managers, uh, you know, if they have the resources and they have the understanding of how valuable coaching is uh, many times they will bring in individual coaches for their teams.
0: Absolutely. So um, before we wrap up on this, I've, I've, I definitely want to dive in a little bit deeper into what that looks like. So if, if somebody wanted to bring you in for coaching coaching, for their team or coaching for an individual, what does that look like? How does it start?
1: You know, I have an option of either doing it virtually or in person. And at this point I'm meeting, uh, we do one training a week for 90 minutes. And then the alternating week, I meet with each individual one-on-one. One thing that I really is important that I work very closely with the management team so that we establish timeframes and uh, how much time they want their people to be in a training each week Mm -hmm. so that I I can adjust it to the the company's preferences. But it's the first course is a 90 day course. And then we have an option of some mastermind groups or some support groups as people implement what they've learned and they have to start implementing what they're learning the very first day of training And they're responsible for them for reporting back. So it's immediate application of these concepts Hmm. Um, and then reporting back how how it's working for them and giving support as they come across the inevitable challenges. And then I do have some advanced training for the more senior reps that is is individualized to the company and the, the team's needs.
0: That makes sense. Cause when you're getting into advanced training, you've got to make sure that they have their foundation in place to be able to, you know, it's, it's milk before meat as, as mm-hmm. the uh, scriptures would say, um, you know, you don't want a baby to choke on a piece of meat. So you wait yep. and you feed them what they can take now. And later they grow into the, the same is true in sales, the same is true in mm-hmm. copywriting, the same is true in web development and everything else. Um, you know, we have, we have so much to learn as professionals. In order to be valuable to those that we serve, um, I have my own list of questions that I ask salespeople before bringing them into my environment. If somebody's looking for a sales coach um, or a sales trainer at this time, what are some of the core questions they should ask, um, and what are some of the the red flags and the good values they should look for?
1: Yeah, certainly. Initially, you want to make sure that the person that is potentially coaching you has experienced themselves and has success themselves.
0: So how do you they're figure not- that out, though? I'm sorry? How do you figure that out, though, in a world where AI writes everything for everybody? Um, how do you, what are the questions? Conversations,
1: that- um, having conversations about tactics, asking them particular questions about uh, just like interviewing somebody, how they handled things, you know, what was their experience, biggest challenges, failures is always a good one, successes, and asking them to share the specific stories and then asking them to perhaps give a, a, a sample of what the training would be like.
0: Mm, I like the sample idea as well. Mm-hmm. And when you ask somebody about their failures, why do you do that? what do you look for in a response from somebody when you said, you know, tell me about one of your failures.
1: Yeah. I I look for honesty and I look for strategic thinking and I look for what they learned because we all have failures, but if we don't step back and say, what could I have done differently and what have I learned and how am I going to change in the future? Then we really haven't learned from that experience like we could have.
0: So if I say, um, you know, I, I don't really have, um, any big failures that come to mind. I've always gotten along pretty well in my team. I've, I've always been pretty good at what I do. Um, it, it, what do you know about me?
1: <laughs> I have to say you probably didn't really push yourself that hard. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that I would completely trust the accuracy of your response.
0: I would agree. Um I, exactly I would say that that's there's that honesty you um you know maybe, maybe I believe that, but now I know' now I know that person's not even honest with themselves <laughs> right we We all make mistakes, we all have failures, um but some of us refuse to look at it. others recognize the the value in in uh <laughs> constant development and progression um, I very with
1: my my trainees, my clients failures that I had things that I learned, uh, so that they don't make, you know, they understand that they don't make the same mistakes exactly. they learn from my, from what I did wrong.
0: Exactly. You know, which one for me, it's, which one do you want? Um, I was like the world's worst district manager, um, for, for a time. Two, I was fired by the CEO of lifetime fitness. Um, and three, um, I about set our startup on fire. Um, right before winning the deals we needed to to raise ten million dollars so my while I did end up providing well in the end at what cost whoo, I was a burden for people um when I was a a young leader so there's lots of opportunities to learn when we're willing to own it and recognize that we have we still we have we're very human, but we have an opportunity right. to grow and develop
1: right. You're going to make mistakes if you're out there pushing the limit, if you want to be the best, you're inevitably going to make a mistake.
0: Absolutely. And uh, any any final thoughts you'd like to share before I wrap the episode up, Lauren?
1: You know, I was just gonna say for people that are considering going into sales uh, but maybe not sure or you think it's perhaps high pressure, I would really encourage you to take a, a serious look into that career. Uh, it's a fabulous career you have flexibility, you have um, ability to positively impact people's lives. And if you're in the right company with the right product, your, your income is literally, um, you know, as high as you want it to be. Yes. Uh, And there, you're just constantly growing and developing. You're out talking to people you're out in the world. Um, It's a wonderful career.
0: It is. There's a lot of companies that have learned to leverage that statement that your income potential, you know, is limitless and they're lying. They don't actually have, uh, you know, a compensation plan uh, based on reality. And there's usually stipulations in there that say we can change your compensation anytime. Um, and so those those elements you want to take seriously. But Lauren is 100 percent correct. It is one of the few careers where the cap, if you're in the right environment, is you. Um, and your willingness to commit to it, which does give you flexibility and freedom um, beyond most of their careers. What I would also recommend is a book called You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar by David Sandler. That's my favorite sales book. Um, And uh, David Sandler passed away in his early 50s, I believe. But the treasure trove of value that he gave to the world by writing that book um, is something that I love dearly, um, and I'm very grateful for. Um, And we have somebody in front of us who is not resting in peace, who's alive and well, Lauren Fisher, who's got the inside job uh, to be able to turn to as a resource. So we're going to be putting on the landing page links to Lauren's resources. We may even update those as she continues to update her programs and brands. If you have any questions or comments regarding sales, drop those on the social media platform of your choice. We'll be happy to take a look at that. Um, if you want to throw an objection um, at us as well or maybe maybe something that you you were talking with the prospect and they gave you an objection that you didn't know how to over, overcome feel free to drop it in the comments and let's role play cells can be fun when you realize wow this is kind of like playing clue or playing any other game in life when you say you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna learn the psychology behind all this stuff mm-hmm. and learn how to help people better that's what it's really all about. So vision pros, if you have a vision of your own that you'd love to share in the top right corner of that page, you'll see a button that says, be our guest. And we would love to have you apply, uh, share your vision with me. And if it makes sense, we'd love to have you on this stage as well. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your day. Lauren, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you.